Welcome back to another episode of the Work and Play Podcast. I am here with a very special guest, Miss Julissa Johnson. Hi. Thank you for being here with me. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. I'm really excited to do this with you. So, And you have a lot of information for us to share. Like, and your journey is also interesting. So Julissa is my neighbor, actually. So the perks of living around beautiful people and wonderful people. Um, and so we're going to get into your, your career journey because on the Work and Play Podcast, you know, in a, in a philosophical way, it's about self-actualization, life transitions, and, and career exploration, and whatever those things actually mean to you. So um, if you would, introduce yourself and let us know who this fabulous soul is. Well, <laughs> there's so many layers to me, but uh, I'll start with my professional self. Um, I am a business relationship manager. Um, lender, commercial banker. I have many titles or many hats, but that's my official title. Um, assistant vice president for, um, one of the major banking companies in America, uh, top 10 in the world. Don't want to say the name, <laughs> but, but yeah. So, um, that's my professional self. I've been in the banking industry, finance industry for 10 years. Um, so it's really where I started my career. Um, grew up. In banking, starting in Chicago and transferred here not that long ago. I take that back. It was about seven years ago that right. I transferred here. Not that long ago. <laughs> I forget sometimes. It wasn't yesterday. But um, yeah, uh, seven years I've been here in Atlanta uh, doing what I do um, from a banking and finance perspective. Yeah. Now, when you got here, was your um, your intention to be in the banking industry? Um, absolutely. So because I had just started my career, I had only been um, licensed banker in the branch in Chicago, literally, you know, private client uh, banking for two years when I decided that I wanted to move to Atlanta. Um, one of my dear friends, uh, I call her my god sister, um, she invited me down after she had moved from Chicago mm -hmm. and, you know, bragged all about how Atlanta was great and, and very... Um, encouraging and motivating to young black, you know, whether it's entrepreneurs or aspiring executives, you name it. She yeah. was saying Atlanta was the place to be. And when I visited here, I was sold. I, I've seen, you know, black excellence on a level that I had never experienced it in my life, you know, here in Atlanta. So, yeah. And it's still, it's the same. It's, it's the same. It's crazy <laughs> how I feel like this is as much as I'm like, oh, people need to stop moving here. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just like a nucleus of things that are happening. Yeah. I just love that about Atlanta. The true for us, by us place. Like, come on. Seriously. <laughs> oh my gosh. So tell us a little bit more. So one thing that I love about, um, having these conversations is I get to hear a little bit more about the balance that you're keeping. And so yeah. I love to, at some point we can talk about the fact that you've gone up the corporate, um, you've been in the corporate space and then you also balance your entrepreneurial endeavors. So as a person, that is also, that's like a, a combination of like who you are, mm -hmm. but let's go, let's go really far back. Let's talk about the development of Julissa as a woman. Where did you go to school? Oh my what, God. What do you think you're going to be when you grew up? <laughs> oh, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> But it does add to my journey, so I, I have no problem sharing it. So, um, my goodness, but where, where do I start? Um, so, uh, I did aspire to be a doctor very early um, in my my journey, you know, uh, of of exploring like you know just health issues and being curious uh, curious um, of what they did to people. Um, I think I must have been like fourteen or fifteen um, when I you know, experienced, quote unquote, uh, my first, I guess, interaction with 
a disease, you know, and I hate to say it that way, but my little brother, he had chronic asthma and he was back and forth to the hospital. Mm -hmm. Uh, He missed like a third of his schooling, elementary schooling, because of how bad his asthma was. And I took a a, a really specific interest because, you know, he was near death, like, you know, in the middle of the floor. We just couldn't do anything but wait on the the ambulance to come and try and help. So, you know, that was a very traumatizing experience for me as a kid. And I made it my point. It was just something in my heart. I was like, okay, I want to figure out how to help and get rid of this if I can, you know, and do our part. You know, I didn't know what that looked like, but something in me was saying I need to help. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, watching that, experiencing that, going to the doctor with my mom on many occasions. um, There was one moment, one particular moment that had a grave, not a grave, but a huge impact on my on my belief about doctors and, and the medical systems. But we went there. Uh, I asked the doctor because I was on this new health path myself. Stop drinking milk. Stop eating beef. All these meats because I, I think it was food ink or something that scarred us all at like 13, 14 mm-hmm. years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but that changed my, my perspective or perception on, on the way I eat and take care of my body. And so I naturally was thinking that that can have an impact on my brother's asthma as well. Okay. Naturally, I wanted to ask the professional. So I asked my mom, could I go with her to the doctor? Went there and... I asked the doctor, hey, could his asthma be triggered by something he's eating? Because you keep saying he has excess mucus on his lungs. Could it be something he's eating causing the mucus? And the doctor gave me, just like I'm sure he gave everyone else, a very generic answer. It was like, well, yeah, sure, possibly, but, you know, we can't tell. You know, we never know. Mind you, they had him on steroids, nebulizer, butyrol, like every kind of asthma Mm -hmm. medication, including the steroids that stunted kids' growth. You know, yeah. explored what his diet was. Mm, Nothing to do with his diet. So, you know, after that experience, like I said, that left a huge Mm -hmm. impact because I was like, well, if you're telling us, I asked him a a rebuttal question, if you're telling us that that it could be, why aren't we looking into that? Like, why can't we say, all right, why don't you try to stop, like, not drinking milk if we know that milk puts mucus in your body? Absolutely. Um, Because I did ask that, and he confirmed that. I knew that as a 14-year-old. He he knew that, and he didn't, he just he just kind of shrugged it off. He shrugged it off. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is life or death. This Mm -hmm. is our, you know, my little brother, my mom's son. I'm like, Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be just shrugged off. So that left a, a really big impact in me, and it changed my my pursuit. And that's what kind of inspired me to want to go to school to be a doctor, you know, and fast forward, you know, I did, I don't want to go too far into that, but I I did uh, help my little brother get over his um, or grow out of his, his asthma just by helping him change his diet. So doing your own research and figuring out what foods and stuff. Oh, that's cool. Okay. We proved that. And again, another little, you know, step in my journey to to push me towards that health community. Mm Mm-hmm. Went to Union University in uh, Jackson, Tennessee, um, you know, to pursue my career in health, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) realized after some time that, you know, the whole doctor scene was not where I was supposed to be. You know, it took me a while to get there or get to that realization. But, you know, I did come to it. And what would you say is that one thing that confirmed, Okay, I like health, Mm -hmm. but this is not my journey. It was the internship that I did. It was in a hospital. It was boring. It was uninspiring. Um, not any, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, attack the medical professional at all. Um, it just was not fulfilling me in the way that my heart was saying I need to be fulfilled. Okay. Um, and also, you know, just the thought of, of, of 
treating and healing people or, or helping people to change their diet so that it can affect their health in a positive way. That's not what doctors do. And I had come to a stark realization that that was the case. Okay. Doctors are medical professionals. They're, you know, scientists of medicine. They push what is popular in medicinal culture, you know, um, from a medical professional standpoint. Right. That is not where I was, you know, um, where I believe my journey was supposed to go. So, yeah, after after I um, finished school there, I decided to move back home to Chicago to pursue something different, really find myself. Because at that point, I had I felt like I had lost myself okay. because at that point, naturopathic health wasn't a thing. You know, I didn't know anything about people who were practicing alternative medicine or or, you know, food life science, any of that. All that stuff that became popular in the last you know, five to 10 years, it was not there when I was in school. Got so I was reaching. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. To tell you like, Hey, this is what you should continue moving forward. So yeah. from your interest in health, well, actually your passion, that is a foundation of your brother's experience mm -hmm. and then your interest in health and then your research in health informing like, you know, what your practice was going to be and then your experience and your internship. Mm -hmm. What did the next step look for you? Look for and how do we how do we get to banking? banking. <laughs> it's coming, I promise. It's coming. But no, um, when I moved back to Chicago, as again, I was trying to figure myself out because I felt like I had lost myself or at least my path forward that I was so sure about. Um, I would say I absolutely believe that God intercepted my life because. You know, at that point, I'm like, well, let me try art, you know, because I've always been very creative. Let me go to the Art Institute and see where, you know, where that leads, trying to, you know, explore interior um, architecture, you know, from a drafting perspective. I was really good at it, you know, but it still wasn't what I felt was calling me. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, some very tragic things happened in, in our life um, that kind of changed, you know, my pathway a little bit more. Um, we lost my older brother. Again, health related issue, okay. um, which rang in me like I was supposed to help contribute to his recovery from his ailment. So, you know, that's a whole nother story, but it definitely put another step in my journey towards, you know, being a part of this whole health consciousness community. Mm -hmm. So aside from that, um, that left our family kind of in shambles. And so, you know, again, I was in this space where I was just reaching, you know, I was early 20s, just reaching for something, you know, praying, you know, definitely my faith. I was leaning on it more now than ever. And so I do fervently believe that God brought a person to me in the form of a recruiter to tell me, hey, this is where you need to go. And so because I was I was literally working for L.A. Fitness, you know, um, as a sales trainer, sales trainer, um, one of my good friends had, you know, offered me the jobs. They knew I had just, you know, uh, quit what I was doing and, and trying to help my family. And so, mm -hmm. you know, he offered me a job at L.A. Fitness, which lasted maybe like two months. And then I got recruited literally by a recruiter who I pulled off the floor and helped him with an issue. And he was like, you just did the one, two, three drill, like this whole sales tactic that mm -hmm. that people are very familiar with in the business community. The one, two, three drill uh, when it comes to sales and turning service into sales. So what is the one, two, three drill? Please oh, my God. Give, give, me, give me like a, a high level. I'm, I'm so learning. You need to learn how to perfect myself. Sure. And I want to come off natural. Yeah. But then I also and I hate scripts. Like mm -hmm. I really hate scripts. Mm -hmm. So if the one, two, three uh, drill is like something that would help me I definitely yeah. and I think they would be able to 
benefit from that as well. <laughs> sure, sure. Okay, I don't know if they're still teaching it this way, but this is how I learned it. Basically, it's where you take a customer in any profession, like if you're in a sales role, you take a customer that has an issue, you know, and you come back to your desk or wherever that, that landing space is, make them comfortable. You profile, essentially, you know, talk to the customer. You solve the issue, but while you're, you know, profiling and solving the issue, you're also uncovering additional needs. And once you've fix the issue at that two space, the three is where you actually introduce something else from a sales perspective because you've earned the right to do that. Mm. You know, whether that's, and I'll give you this case, <clears throat> the customer of LA Fitness um, had an issue. He thought he signed up or had additional privileges on his account when he came with his friend. Front desk worker said, nope, you don't have that privilege. He's like, somebody told me I did. I didn't pay for this. I'm paying for this amount. I should have this. I said, don't worry. Finish working out. Come back and see me before you leave. Gave him that luxury to, you know, continue to do what he was doing. Once he came back to me, I, you know, re like purposed or, or restructured his, his current plan. And once I did that, I, I gave him the solution and told him like, you'll have to pay this, but I'm going to include this, you know, like three other perks that normally would be like 40 or $50 more. Mm -hmm. And that sold him, you know, in addition to me fixing the issue. And now he didn't have to worry about the issue that he came into before. So I earned his trust earn the right to ask for more business while, you know, giving him a, a, a holistic solution. Absolutely. So that's that's kind of how the one, two, three drill works. I may have fumbled through it because I haven't been taught that in like 10 years. Yeah. But. but that's cool. So it basically, you it's a, it's a problem-solving selling tactic. Yes. So it's not just like sell, sell, sell. Mm -hmm. It's identifying what the problem is Boom. and then solving the problem. Solving the and problem. And the sales do themselves. Basically, <laughs> you were doing that without any formal training, without any formal training. And he recognized it. And he was like, he just he literally asked me, have you ever thought about banking? And here's where divine intervention comes in, because my mom had literally just asked me maybe three to five days before that happened. She had asked me, hey, Julissa, have you thought about banking? Because she knew I was really trying to find myself after not really finding what I was looking for when in my pursuit of being a doctor. Um, she suggested that. And I was like, no, I've never thought about banking. I mean, I go deposit my checks at the bank. But, you know, <laughs> go get my money, you know, debit card, but not from a, like a, a professional standpoint. And she said, you should. It's like she sold that into my pathway because that recruiter came in my life and offered me a job after seeing what I did you know, with him or experiencing, he was, he said, have you ever thought about banking? And I said, no, he's like, you should apply. I'm a recruiter. And if you do, I'd hire you. And I did. And he hired me, <laughs> you know, and that, that right there, um, it really did change the, the scale and scope of my life. You know, I actually started my career in banking and, and on my path to becoming a banking professional. So, um, you know, I often go back to his LinkedIn and say hi, you know, like let him know where I am because he's no longer with the company anymore. But um, uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of where my journey started. I went into the licensed banking program um, immediately after joining the company. Um, and I was this bright eyed, bushy tailed banker, just <laughs> wanting to learn everything about banking. And I had the right people around me. There was uh, the young woman who I, who got me to move to Atlanta, she was the person training me in the branch. Cool. That's how she became my big sister, my, my really good friend, introduced me to her family. She really just kind of little sistered me and essentially became my mentor. And yeah. So when she moved to Atlanta, 
I was heartbroken, you know, and naturally I wanted to come too after she invited me, I came. That's beautiful. <laughs> so it sounds like at this point in your career, it's a nice mix between network. Mm-hmm. So relationships have certainly gotten to where you are at this point. Yes. And then listening to your, your soul speak. So not just you, but your mom listening to her soul speak and say, Hey, are you, are you interested in banking? So the first seed. Yeah. And then you being like, okay. And then the person being able to say, Hey, I would hire you. And so, cause that doesn't always happen at an LA fitness. No. So he, him <laughs> listening to his own soul speak mm-hmm. and then you listening to your soul speak as like you take on this new journey from, from health to design a little bit. We touched on that yeah. to, um, you know, the LA fitness and sales to now using those skills that you didn't even kind of know were there to, you know, elevate your, your banking career. Absolutely. So this is, we're in a really good spot. So what happens next? (laughs) (laughs) I moved to Atlanta. (laughs) No, I mean, it it, it didn't happen, you know, that easily. Sequential order. Yeah. But it literally happened right away. I made the decision because I don't know, it's always been something in me. You know, I pray about something and I move. You know, so that was kind of exactly the case uh, when I visited and my friend was, you know, giving me the skinny on how easy it is to really capitalize on the environment here in Atlanta, especially coming from the north. Um, I drank the tea and I packed up my little apartment because I was in my first apartment at that point. I just got my first apartment. I had barely made a year, you know, and having a lease. But I didn't have a whole lot either, so it made it easy. I I gave my bed away, packed up my bright blue PT Cruiser, which was my college car. (laughs) You love those PTs? I know. (laughs) Oh, I love that car. I just just sold it two years ago, by the way. Like, I just got rid of her. But anyway, um, (laughs) yeah, I drove down here during that awful winter blizzard time in 2014 where the roads froze over and everything. Snowmageddon. Snowmageddon. Yeah. We were tickled pink in, in Chicago because <laughs> it's like Atlanta shut down with some ice. Yes, over and, some ice. And we yeah. were, we didn't understand. We didn't know that, you know, it just, the city just wasn't prepared for that because you never see, you know, yes. snow there. But it's like, we have four feet of snow on the ground right now, you know, and I'm driving on it like miles coming out of Chicago, hitting Indian, I mean, yeah, Indianapolis because we had to take a route. I had to take a route. I couldn't see the roads. I was driving on a foot of snow mm. and 40 miles per hour on a prayer, you know, and all the while Atlanta was like sliding off the roads for a little bit of ice and people stuck in traffic for 12 hours. I was so happy that I missed it. Like it was like I got the tail end and I came in that Monday. Everything had happened like Thursday or Friday. So I thank God that I missed it because I would have been right in that mess too if I had made it a day mm. or two sooner. Mm. But uh, back to, you know, the, the journey. Um, yeah, that's what I, I just packed up everything and moved here. Yeah. And I didn't look back. My family was good. My mom was good. Little brother. Everybody was in a good space. Mm-hmm. And I recognized that as my opportunity to really pursue, you know, my own career and endeavors. Because mm-hmm. prior to, I really was focused on helping my family you know, from an emotional, financial, supportive state after, especially after losing my brother, our our family was kind of in shambles. And you also moved to Atlanta in a time in your life where you had, you had one, you had one lifeline, which was the woman who moved from Chicago to here. Mm -hmm. So you had one lifeline and then you you created a whole life for yourself. So it's been seven years now. But when you think back seven years ago, 
What were some of the first things that you did to get acclimated into the, the city? And how did you make a life for yourself here? <laughs> well, I can't pretend that I didn't need help. I think everyone needs help in, in their journey mm-hmm. at some point in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm one of those people that I do find it very difficult to ask for help. So um, I've been fortunate enough to be aligned with people, you know, in my life, you know, through my life's journey that typically offer, you know, they recognize and they offer or they sow seeds or whatever the case is. Like I never really have to have been in a position where I had to ask. Um, and from a very minimal perspective, just bare bones, what I needed, obviously. Okay. So mm-hmm. to answer your question, you know, my person that I'm referring to was in fact the same woman that encouraged me to move. She gave me a place to stay at the moment, you know, mm-hmm. at the time, you know, I stayed with her and her family for, for a few months. Um, just until I was able to find a place and, you know, um, save a little bit of money, you know, after, you know, securing a new position here uh, with the company. Um, and then once I found my place, I moved out again, same space, didn't have anything in my place, you know, but I was my place, you know, and I slowly built into that. Um, met some great people, you know, along the way who lived in my uh, apartment complex who, you know, are still dear friends to this day, but they definitely had quite a few or quite a big impact on on just my social connectivity here in Atlanta. Um, you know, so right now to this day, I, I'm connected to, you know, such beautiful minded people in the creative space that mm-hmm. have helped me, you know, whether it was from, you know, photo shoots to, you know, things, you know, that I needed along the way to help, you know, you know, just little things in life, like whether it was a, a headshot, you know, to... Put your professional look out yes, there. Exactly. When exactly. you have a team to help you look the part, it's <laughs> mm-hmm. like they, they can get you together. And, and yeah. that's what I, I love about your story because this nuance of relationships mm-hmm. continuously catapults you into the spaces that you need to be in. Yes. Even if you like like you said, you were sleeping on your um your boss's couch, um, or your mentor's mm-hmm. couch. Mm-hmm. And even even then you're able to like use your resources to show up as the person that you knew you were going to be. Yes. So it sounds like so important. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like such humble beginnings, but along the way you've had resources to like elevate you at mm-hmm. each level. Do you feel like your your circle or your your life is like drastically different or how do you feel like that compares to like you know, where you were, how do you feel like now compared to where you were? Well, um, absolutely. It's drastically different. Um, am I the same person? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. You know, core values, core beliefs, core bubbly personality still there, but, um, every interaction, every level, every, um, point in my life gave me a, a fragment of growth that I needed, you know? And so, you know, that person that I look back on when I first came here, has mature, matured in such a way that I, I mean, it's almost unbelievable when I look back because not that I was just the most immature person, but I see my naiveness. I see my, you know, that bright eyed, bushy tail person, that person is easily like usually the person that people take advantage of, you know, mm-hmm. and I've been taken advantage of in, in, you know, some cases, um, you know, we won't go too far into that because I feel like I've always been protected enough, but I've seen enough to know that you have to protect those those, you know, inner workings of yourself, Absolutely. you know, not everyone deserves that part of you. Absolutely. So building onto your character, onto your personality or your persona, the person that you present to people is so important when you're growing in a professional space okay. um, from a protective standpoint, Absolutely. you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, to answer your question, the, the growth has been phenomenal, um, you know, from 
point A to point D, you know, I went from being an officer at the branch to assistant, assistant vice president in business banking, um, just in a short amount of time of being in Atlanta. And it was all about my connections. You know, every point in, in my journey within the professional career was based on who I knew and, and also showing up, like you said, that's a big part of it because mm-hmm. people don't really care who you are if you're not about anything. Right. Absolutely. So, you know, showing up and presenting myself authentic and, and resourceful and, um, Loyal is, is important. I've realized that, you know, being loyal or presenting yourself as a loyal uh, individual can be very, very, you know, impactful and beneficial in a social environment that is Atlanta. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. Um, I think I answered your question. You did. You did. Absolutely. <laughs> Growth has been phenomenal. You've mm-hmm. been, you're now in circles that look a lot different than where you were before. Yes, absolutely. Um. I'd like for you to paint us a picture of what your your circle, your role looks like now. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious. I'm also curious to know those transferable skills. So we talk about your sociability, mm-hmm. your loyalty, your your ability to show up. Mm-hmm. But let's not forget that moment at LA Fitness where he noticed the skills that you have. Yeah. Those tangible skills not only allow you to capitalize on those relationships, but not not even not only. They, they allow you to capitalize on those relationships because mm-hmm. they know that you're a good person. They put you in the right rooms yep. and then you show up. So in a long winded question, like, what does your life look like now? How does, what do you actually do? Mm-hmm. And then how does that girl from LA, I mean, LA fitness take those skills and, you know, help Jalisa today? <laughs> Um, well, that is a very long question. <laughs> like, where do I start? <laughs> um, who am I today? Um, you know, as I shared before, you know, I'm, a, I'm an executive banking executive. I do small business lending. Um, I manage a book of business of about a hundred household business, small business households, ranging from a million dollars to $20 million in gross annual sales. I also serve as a business advisor. So even for the, uh, the segment of small business that may not qualify for my management, um, especially for us African Americans, I make it a point to advise and, and, pseudo consult whenever I can, because lending is a very sensitive space when it comes to African-Americans uh, in, in business. And rightfully so, because we, we've had some trauma, you know, and, and experience with banking industries, you know, whether it was redlining or, you know, just, you know, being racially profiled in a lending space, you know, that's all still very present mm-hmm. um, in our community and, and we have trust issues. So I do my part and I feel I do my part by advising as much as possible when I can and, mm-hmm. and being resourceful, being a resource if I can do at, at the minimum, you know, help connect or make a connection to a resource that I know could get the job done of what they're trying to do or accomplish in that lending space, mm-hmm. even if I can't do it per se. So that's where I am right now in my career. Um, you know, very happy with what I do right now. Um, Again, this will be my 10th year of, of banking in general, but specifically in business banking and lending. This is year five. Um, and yeah, how that's impacted me and who I am now. Uh, if I can shift back, because it is a full circle. We talked about this kind of prior to, you know, yeah, this I, setup. I, I, get, like, <laughs> I get to get the full, the front seat. <laughs> so yeah. I know a little bit. Yeah. So we, um, I mean, I, I, I want to say that this has uh, afforded me the ability to make 
again, strategic connections in industries that I wouldn't necessarily have been connected to. So that now that I'm working on my entrepreneur side, I'm already seeing the ingredients to really bring this thing together. Um, and when I'm ready to pull the trigger on both of my business endeavors, you know, whether it's the health um, platform, health and wellness platform that, that you know about and uh, or the the additional business that I'm working on with my mother. So those are the two major kind of side things that I'm working on. And I've been allowed or afforded the the ability to connect with certain people that I can already see. You know, they've told me literally, like, when you're ready let me know. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, so that's really encouraging. Um, (laughs) but but just, just knowing that I have the capacity to, to shift or add to from a a side business perspective in my entrepreneurial pursuit, just from the strategic connections that I've made and the value relationships that I've developed over the years from what I do currently, it's Mm. just, it puts me in the space of being in awe sometimes, you know, I'm just so thankful for, Mm. for my life's journey so far. Um, I think I answered that first part of the question. You did. Okay. Yes. You actually, you were really, really good. So just to <laughs> okay. remind you of the other question, cause you're like handling these things really well. It's the, the hard skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, um, even like your experience from like health growing up that I'm sure if you'd like to touch on your entrepreneurial endeavor mm-hmm. from the health perspective, that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, but any one of those that you'd like to bring. Okay. Well, here it is. <laughs> Putting it out there. So, um, you know, with all the, the little points in my journey about, you know, health, that's been the constant in my life. So I've always um, had, uh, you know, the not the ability, but there's always been these experiences in my life where people, my loved ones, friends, family have come to me as a resource, you know, when they needed help with their health, you know, and I can't say it's been because I've been advertising this. I just think that most of the people around me know that that's a passionate space of mine, mm-hmm. you know, from my own journey um, with my brother, you know, uh, my, my older brother, <clears throat> excuse me, who passed away, um, you know, from kidney disease and kidney failure. You know, most of my father's side died from some level of a chronic disease or issue, you know, whether it was diabetes, you know, or related to um Obesity, uh, poor dieting, you know, all the the issues that black people in general on average experience from poor dieting, you know, um, and they pass away from. Uh, That's the average household. Somebody has had a family member pass away or currently have a family member that's dealing with health issues that are exclusively tied to Mm -hmm. dieting and, 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 you know, sodium sugar intake, all of that just because of lack of knowledge, right? Right. So, you know, um, that burning passion has always been in me to help people, whether it was from just a knowledge perspective, encouraging, consulting, you know, and more recently juicing, you know, so that's been my avenue into that space, uh, providing juice cleanses for people who needed that kind of help. Um, that started with my mother, you know, who had some health issues the last five years. And one day in those five years, I took some time off of work and I went to her and put her on a juice cleanse. She was in Chicago still. And yeah, so I put her on a juice cleanse. So the issue that she was having was blood related, you know, high blood pressure, a typical African-American issue mm-hmm. um, that, you know, was related to uh, her um, 
being anemic too as well. So low iron, it was very, very um, bad at that time as well. So they mm-hmm. was threatening to have to perform a blood transfusion, uh, which could be a very, very tricky procedure. You know, if anybody, you know, if in, you know anybody who's ever had it, it's basically exactly what it is. You're, you're essentially having your blood. You take, the, yeah. yeah. It's like the dialysis machine. They take your blood right. out and they give you more blood because your blood is not producing enough iron to be able to support your system, mm. which could ultimately kill you. So you know, you have to like put different juices together that would, mm-hmm. um, you know, I guess re- like mitigate the surgery or just yes. kind of help that surgery. Like how did that work? So it definitely prevented her from having to have mm. that procedure. Um, so the doctor was saying that she had to have this, if her blood iron count dropped, below two Mm -hmm. she was at a two when I got to her Mm -hmm. so what I did was I put together a recipe not anything that I just knew before it's just the knowledge of superfruits and vegetables that I I know how they work in the body and Mm -hmm. if you get your body down to a space like cleaned out you know it's not holding on to anything like waste in your body where it can truly focus on nutrients that you're you know putting into it Mm -hmm. um it can really capitalize on a juice cleanse, you know, from a nutrient perspective and change the whole chemistry of your body at that state. So, yeah, so that's exactly what I did. Um, I put together a juice, um, you know, and I got rid of all the food, which was very hard for her. So I did it with her. Behavior changes. (laughs) You know, then you're dealing with um, chemical changes too in the body because, not only is, you know, hunger a thing, your mind is saying, I need sugar, which your gut is controlling that because you probably have a parasite or something in there that's telling you, like, I need sugar, I need sodium because this is how I survive. And this is yeah. what I've been doing for the last however many years of my life. So I need this. So it's almost like a withdrawal that people go through. But yeah. if you can get the body down to that space where it's dependent on whatever you put in it at the time, you can really make some some really great um, what's the word I'm looking for? You can make a really great impact. And that's exactly what I did. Um, all it took was seven days and we saw a drastic difference in her iron counting shot up to 12 mm. and we weren't taking medicine. It was just juice. And you haven't like, even though we've been talking about banking mm-hmm. and sales all this time, this isn't just like the first time you've done it because mm-hmm. you talk about your brother's experience, even from your, your, your youngest brother. And yeah. now I do want to say like, I hate to hear about your, your older brother because that is you know, always, you know, those are the, those are the moments that we they remind us, you know, that we're human. So yeah. you haven't, it wasn't just like, you know, spur of the moment, let me just create this juices. There have been, there's been so many things that have been on your journey that mm-hmm. inform the juices that you make. So even when you were younger, did, was, were there juices involved with you helping your brother or did you take that education from when you were studying to be a doctor? As so well? that, that's a great question. It was a mix. It was a good mix. So when I first got started with my little brother, um, that interest, right? Um, that wasn't necessarily from a juice perspective. It was just recognizing that food is medicine, you know, and I believe, uh, Honorable Elijah Muhammad wrote a book on that, like food is medicine. Before I even read that book, that was like my my quote. Mm-hmm. So we were, I was like <laughs> on that level already as a 14, 15 year old, you know, that food is medicine. It's like, it just made sense to me. Like, how do you take medicine whenever the doctor prescribes it to you? You right. eat it, you consume it. So they obviously have figured out a way, you know, for you to consume things that can help your body. So why can't you do that with food? Yeah. And my 
you know, opinion. That was a very, very uh, elementary opinion, but it was, it's very impactful and very true. Um, so yeah, it wasn't juices per se in the beginning. It was more so just identifying that food can heal your body as well as damage your body. So figuring that out with my little brother, what was causing the damage in his body, it was dairy. And I proved that to him, his little, I don't remember how old he was. He must've been like 10 years old, you know, but I had to prove that to him. Like you got to stop drinking milk. We're all doing it. I don't drink milk. It's okay. You got a 10 year old to stop drinking milk. I did. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I did. And it was so crazy because, you know, me me and my little brother, we were close when uh, we were younger. Um, And he oftentimes would mimic just about everything that I did. Um, you know, whether it was me going to church and listening to gospel music all the time, like even little things like that, he'd curl up in my bed and just like, listen to like little, little gospel songs. I mean, I, I treasure those moments, but you know, it was a shift in his mindset about who I was in his life. I believe, you know, um, when I proved to him that, that what he was eating was affecting his body. And so I remember this this day he had an asthma attack after he hadn't had one for so long. It was like he had went a couple months because he literally had stopped drinking milk. And the one time he did have an asthma attack and he came home from school and he told me my mom was still at work. So it was just me, you know, he and I having this conversation. And he was like, I had an asthma attack, Jaleesa. And I was like, did you drink some milk today? He's like. Mm. Yes. Mm. <laughs> it was the cutest thing. But, you know, it was like that very moment proved to him that big sister knew what she was talking about. Um, even if the whole like couple months of him not having an asthma attack didn't, the moment he did have an asthma attack, although it wasn't a bad one where he had to go to the hospital, that was enough for him to know, like, this is real, mm-hmm. you know, and it validated me, you know, as a teenager, like, this is real. You can control your health, if you know what's affecting your body that you're eating, you know, and, and oftentimes it's things that we just don't know. Right. So that was the start. It turned into juice cleanses. I want to say, um, in my early twenties, like maybe 19, 20, 21, um, I was back and forth between Chicago and school, you know, on my breaks, I would go to this, um, raw vegan health food store my mom's best friend owned a raw vegan health food store in chicago nice. in the hood of chicago at that <laughs> south side 73rd street shout out to raw food vegan i think good foods good foods vegan is the name of the restaurant Ooh, nice. yeah shout out to good foods in chicago <laughs> yeah so she has a, a raw vegan restaurant next to a colonic center okay. um and she would let me after work come and just help like you know and i I don't know why I wanted to do this. I just took an interest in everything that she was doing because I already had that food is life, food is medicine, desire in me. Mm-hmm. And she helped to cultivate that mm. um, with her many, you know, uh, recipes and things. And hers was more from a passionate kind of chef space. She loved to create foods that that help the body, like help people to eat healthier in general. Um, she wasn't per se prescribing juice cleanses, but that was another addition to my knowledge of learning about how foods can benefit the body and change the body's dynamic from a health perspective. So that was a big, big one. Um, And so I want to say it turned into juice cleanses around that time, you know, because I just started to think on it. I'm like, all right, if smoothies, you know, help in general. I love that smoothies, you can get all your vegetables and fruits in one serving or two servings, right? If that helps just the average person manage their overall health and stay healthy, like what can you do to treat people on a medicinal level, 
you know, because medicine is literally a concentrate. It's it's a concentrate of something that's meant to, you know, put this concentrate in your body so that your body is shocked by it, essentially, and treated by it. I'm like, how do you do that with food? Because mm-hmm. obviously that's where you start, right? Yeah. Food. You know, a lot you, of these medications have the plants in them. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does. It does. It mix with a bunch of other stuff that right. we don't need, right? So... It's like, that's where my mind started to go. And I landed at juicing. I'm like, if you can get the body into a space where it's metabolizing on a very high level, you know, which again, how do you do that? You had to break that down to, you can get it to that space and then just pour into it, you know, these concentrated nutrients, you can essentially treat the body in the same way that medicine treats it um, and essentially cure some of the things that you may be dealing with that have, you know, been a direct result of poor dieting. Mm. So, yeah, that thought was birthed in my little apartment prior to me moving to Atlanta, um, figuring out how to do that from a juicing perspective. Um, and my mom, she became my my uh, my muse. Is that the right word? <laughs> Inspiration. Inspiration. Yes. You know, my experiment. I'll say that. Exactly. She's my experiment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I proved that concept with her a few times, you know, just putting her on a juice cleanse and showing her, you know, what, you know, learning about superfoods and gin, like ginger, turmeric, what that does to the body when you put it in there mm-hmm. or mix it with the right combination of a hydrating um, juice from like cucumbers, you know, and how that's a natural diuretic. So it'll flush out wow. everything, you know, all these things that are in fruits and vegetables that we that we can buy from the grocery store, you know affordable, yes. you know, if you know how to use them, you can self-treat and self-heal. So that's where that concept came from. And fast forward, so many other people have come into my life and I've shared this, you know, knowledge with, and eventually it landed at a space where, you know, one of my mentors was like, you should make this into a business, a platform. Many, A lot more people need to know, Yeah, you know? And so that's when I started to try and build the idea of this health conscious brand, you know, I didn't just want to do juice cleanses. I wanted to also encourage like movement, you know, from a, you know, whether it was, you know, just working out or, or yoga, you know, overall general, just health knowledge, how to take care of self. Yeah. Cause we've all been so far removed from like taking care of self, like whether it's, you know, over being overworked, you know, in a corporate environment, which I've been there, you know, I'm there now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, or whether it's, you know, natural stresses of everyday life, you know, because we all are human, we lose people, we go through trauma, you know, knowing how to self-treat from a health perspective is so key because if the body is constantly in a toxic state from all these outside factors, work, life, you know, stress, all these things, it's going to naturally start to deteriorate. Absolutely. You know, on itself, you know, yeah. even without your help, you know, just because of the influences. Now, you introduce your food habits. Now you're destroying yourself from an internal mm-hmm. chemical, you know, blood related perspective. So your body is constantly operating in this highly stressed, malnourished state. That's going to yield some form of ailment. It might show up in what your family is used to, whether it's diabetes, sorry, diabetes, high blood pressure, you know, obesity, high cholesterol, you know, whatever it's going to show up in, it's going to manifest in some way if you don't figure out how to counter it. And in my opinion, I figured out that juicing is one of the best ways to counter it. You are amazing. So like we have gone from 
banking <laughs> with this, like the, the hard, you know, business side of things to, you know, your passion and your inspiration around health and health mm-hmm. consciousness. And they might seem so different, right? <laughs> but I, I, I know you, so I get a chance to understand how they all, how all the pieces fit together. Mm-hmm. But in the, well, in the interest of like, um, I don't know when this is going to air, but we're doing this in, in Mental Health Awareness Month. Yeah. And I'm curious to know, like, how the two fit for you? Like, what, how do you, your consciousness for health and mental health how, and your brand for like health awareness, how does that fit into your, your business life? And how do you find balance? Well, that's a, another great question. Um, so recently my journey has presented itself as a challenge to find balance. Um, so what that means is, although I've been in this industry for 10 years in the last five years, you know, it's very labor and mental and social intensive. Um, so it does require about 75% of self, mm-hmm. you know, and mental commitment, emotional commitment, social commitment. And if you're not balancing that kind of um, environment with, you know, your own personal self-satisfying pursuit, that's another way to become toxic. And I recently learned that, you know, in my 33 years, I only recently learned that I have to actively balance work life, health, in order for my body to thrive in the way that I'm used to thriving. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before we could just operate on youth, right? So you don't have to really worry about much, but crossing 30 does make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I've, I've had to put into place, you know, active self-help time, you know, active um, periods where, you know, whether that's just waking up a little bit earlier, maybe like an hour or two earlier to commit to yoga, breathing, you know, uh, practices or meditative practices, you know, that's something that I incorporate almost every day, you know, mm-hmm. if not five days a week, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to do that because it's had, I mean, it has such a beautiful impact on just being able to operate in a high intensive uh, work environment, like, you know, sales. Um, but also it's balancing my internal self so that I don't have to worry about, you know, falling into some level of depression, anxiety, you know, all those mental issues that that level of toxicity can create in the body. Yeah. You have to balance that with the same level of nutrients as you do with, you know, what I described earlier, like with the juice cleanses, it's the same requirement because that's a whole nother level of, of health, mm-hmm. you know, um, so how, yeah, how are you able to bring up these um these points mm-hmm. in the office? Do you feel like it's well recepted, um, re, um, received, or do you feel like there's still room for more in, environments like you're in yeah. to embrace mental health? So there's absolutely room for growth in in environments, you know, in corporate America in general or sales. Absolutely. You know, they've only recently in my opinion began to invest in employee work-life experience, you know? Um, and so I do appreciate the, the initiative to do so because they're realizing that I think in general sense, they're realizing that employees are, I mean, bread and butter, especially in sales, you need a face, you need a person, you need a personality Mm -hmm. behind the phone or, or behind the, the, the managed workload in order for people to really buy from you. They want that personal connectivity. And if you're not taking care of your employees, you know, if your employees aren't happy or if they're sick, they can't perform at their most optimum, you know, ability for the company. Mm-hmm. So I think that corporate America has definitely taken a deeper turn and look towards it for the better. Um, 
So I do appreciate the efforts, but can more be done? Absolutely. I think, um, you know, and I, I shared with you, you know, already that I recently took advantage of some of the benefits that my own, um, company afforded me the, the ability to do or to utilize. And it was because I realized that I was overworked. Yes. You know, I realized that I was stressed out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I would get up in those same spaces where I'm used to practicing my meditative work-life balance, you know, um, hobbies, I would get up and not be able to practice them because I just didn't have the motivation. I was feeling like I just, I don't even know the word to describe it, but I was exhausted, you know, and I realized that I needed to do something about it because my exhaustion wasn't coming from home. It was coming from work. Not to mention we're in a pandemic, you know, everything is super sensitive, you know, heightened sensitivity, you know, we got Black Lives Matter being African-Americans, like that's a whole nother level of traumatic experience Mm -hmm. that we're all like hypersensitive to, you know, throughout this last year. So, you know, so many of us have, you know, been challenged with putting on a face for corporate America, you know, as we're trying to get back to business as usual, that is another level of trauma, you know? So me in efforts to try and make sure I'm taking care of self from just a mental, emotional um, space, I took some time off from work. I realized that I needed to take a true, not a vacation, not a, a you know, a couple days, but no, some true time. And, and, you know, I would encourage anyone to do so because oftentimes, especially as black women now speak to that point, we feel like we got to go above and beyond. We got to do more than the average person, which is very true. Mm-hmm. We do have to do that, right? But at the same time, at the same time, we have to be willing to take advantage of those resources whenever we can so that we can take care of self. Because if self is not healthy or self is in jeopardy of, of causing harm to Absolutely. oneself, mm-hmm. you have to choose self, Absolutely. you know, first. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, self won't be around to do what it is that self is trying to do from a business professional perspective. So yeah, I took advantage of of some recent resources to really take a break. Two, three months is what I'm looking at, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And in addition to me just kind of taking care of self, mental, emotional, all of those things that I feel like been, that have been kind of on edge and at a very big stress from the last year, I'm focusing on just restoration so that I can come back in full force. In addition, I am working on my businesses. So those are my passion projects. So the end of this this period, I definitely will have a bigger platform. Expect to have, you know, everything that I've been dreaming of doing, you know, that I haven't had time to do because I've been giving so much time and commitment to work. Mm-hmm. I call it investing in someone else's dream. <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say that, you know, when you're investing in someone else's dream, I mean, that's another level of, of just stress. You look up and you realize you've made all these other people's dreams come true. But yeah. what about your own dreams? Absolutely. Right. So I, I this is my this is my time to do that, you know, mm-hmm. and that's a part of my my mental, emotional, social health journey as well. That's beautiful. Yeah. I want to honor you and commend you for being a powerful business black woman and being an, a beautiful business black woman and all of the things that we need to see that embodies who we want to be as a dream and with our briefcases and looking professional and all those things. Mm-hmm. But not only that, doing that and then committing to your mental health in a way that honors yourself, because we also need that as an example Absolutely. of like, how does it, what does it look to be a boss woman? 
But then what does it look to be like to be a boss woman and who's someone who honors her self-care? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just want to honor you for that. And I just want to thank say you. thank you for that. You mentioned um, health, work, and bit of, a bit of like life. Um, but this is the work and play podcast. So <laughs> how does Jalisa play? What is like, what is like fun look like? How do you fit that into your life? What? And does it ever show up at work? Well, yes, absolutely. It shows up at work, but, um, I work hard, so I play hard. Mm-hmm. I love when people say that because I'm like, oh, that means, I, well, you know what? I have assumptions of what that means. What does that mean for you? No, now I'm curious. I want to know what it means for you. No, I'll tell you what it means for me. I am such the adventurous. I love going on adventures, excursions, skydiving, you name it, base jumping, you name it. I, I just love just a thrill I do Mm. and so traveling has been my thing um you know I've been to Puerto Rico I'm not I'm not gonna tell y'all when I went because I I was in Puerto Rico like in the last (laughs) few months you know twice you know just exploring the culture and and going on my little adventures with girlfriends you know and then like I said skydiving is one of those things I like to do whenever the opportunity is there if somebody says hey we have this skydiving yep sign me up I'm going to do it. Thank you. (laughs) Parasailing, you know, you name it. I'm, I'm here for it. Um, I recently just came back from, uh, Tulum. I was there, uh, exploring the cenotes, which are these underground water caves. Yeah, it was really cool. Did Um, you have to like scuba through or were they underground to a point where you can like breathe? Your head was above water. So we had on, um, a a life vest, uh, Life jackets, yeah, life mm-hmm. jackets. Um, we had on life jackets, so you would trek through to get down like to a certain level of elevation, or is it called elevation when like you're underground? Down? That's I don't know. Question. You guys tell us. <laughs> yeah, you guys tell us. <laughs> but yeah, you had to travel down into the earth um, to get to it, and you know we were walking through knee deep water at first, at first, okay, and then we arrived at waist deep water, okay, and then eventually there was twenty feet deep water. Oh, yeah, and okay. so we had to float across, and it was the most beautiful thing in the world. Mind you, it's jet black down there. They didn't have lights, so the only thing we had was our little cap lights. Huh. It was eerie, but you know, it's something about like me facing fear that really drives me, which is you know kind of where you know it ties back to that work hard, play hard motive. I feel like if I can overcome, you know, these things that scare me in my, you know, play zone or when I'm out that I can translate that same energy into just about any aspect of work and business, overcoming fear, muscling through, floating through that 20 feet deep water, even though it's covering my shoulders and there's a big cave spider. I've never seen a a spider this big in my life. (laughs) Big cave spider that if it wanted to, it could swim over and just tear my face off, you know? You were scared me. I'm not even, I'm not easily scared, child. Oh my gosh, me neither. But that right there, you know, it was, it was definitely an experience. Ooh. It was an experience and I would not change it for the world. I'd do it again, you know, probably without the spider, but I'd, I'd definitely do it again. But those kind of experiences make life worth living. I mean, why are, why are we working so hard if we can't go and do the things that we love and that we enjoy, you know, doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that's travel and adventure with good people. And loved ones. That is amazing. Um, Another thing that just 
I'm curious to know a little bit more about this trip before I switch thoughts. So, like, what else did you do? Because I'm a, I'm a thrill seeker as mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. And I said I was going to do skydiving. Um, I said I was going to do skydiving every year. And then every other year something happens. So I've only been twice. Let me know. You tell me. I'll hold you to it. Look, <laughs> you know, you know you I'm it. an action oriented. So once we put a date on the calendar, it's happening. Uh-huh. More to come. We might actually have to do another another episode on this for sure for sure <laughs> documenting it <laughs> but now that i know what your um your perspective on work and play are how do you envision like merging the two going forward like what does balance look like for Jalisa going forward hmm merging the two work and play okay so I mean, I've already spoke to how it kind of impacts you know it helps me to overcome fears you know and I feel like I can face any obstacle you know like I jumped out of a plane, like what you got for me, <laughs> you know, um, I do envision, you know, at some point in my life, I haven't put a time frame on it. I do envision though being a 100% entrepreneur eventually in my life. I mean, I haven't, again, I haven't figured out exactly when it, when it's going to happen. I kind of, you know, I think most people think this way. I want it to kind of naturally happen. I want to pursue, pursue, pursue. And then it kind of just, makes way for itself hmm. you know that's kind of the the goal because i do love what i do i do love you know commercial lending commercial banking client management i love every one of my clients you know hmm. every single one because all of them i've built some level of a personal relationship with and you know they call me even when i'm on my break or, or leave <laughs> from work check in you know invite me out these are my friends too so it's like do i want to walk away from all of that not in the least bit, not now, but do I have a passion, a burning desire to shift at some point, you know, into full spectrum entrepreneur? Absolutely. Yeah. I just don't want to make a commitment to do it at a certain time. I would love for it to happen naturally as I'm growing my businesses, growing everything and hopefully work life can merge in that way because I feel like those two things that I'm working on, you know, the health platform, especially it fulfills me in such a way that I don't think anything else I've found in this in this life does. Yeah. So I know I have a, a responsibility to bring that to the world because it's deeper than just, you know, making money off of it. It's more so a purpose. It's something that I feel like was sown in me before birth, yeah. you know. So um, tying that back to the work play, if I can accomplish that being my 75%, you know, like I've spoke to earlier how my current role as a executive is 75% of my life because it, you know, it requires a social ability. It requires time. Like it's not a nine to five. Mm -hmm. If I can accomplish making my business endeavor in the health space, 75% of my life, that will fulfill both work and play because it's fun for me to be able to provide that level of expertise or, or knowledge or just seeing the results. Like, even if it's just, I want to lose weight, you know, I want to clean out myself or I'm too toxic and I feel it. When I hear people talk about the results of a a cleanse that I put them on or even my mom, like it's, it's so fulfilling because I didn't go to school for this. You know, I didn't, I didn't formally study what, you know, they have naturopathic schools out here now. Where were y'all when I was in school? (laughs) You know, like. (laughs) To piece together your own education. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, you know, I know that this came naturally. And for things that come naturally within self, I think that we as people deserve to give it a true effort to explore, whether it's to explore or 
make it a majority part of our life because I believe that that's what kind of that energy is what propels you to be great. That's where those people that we know and we admire were able to shine because they tapped into those internal things that were put into them prior to them being here and they grew it and failed at it multiple times, <laughs> you know, restarted, rebranded, but they kept at it because they knew it was something in them that was supposed to happen. Yeah. And that's what it is for me. And that's my goal. And I'm, I figure if I keep walking towards it, it's going to happen exactly when it's supposed to happen in the way that it's supposed to happen. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. I think what we have learned about your journey is one, when you're just naturally who you are, mm -hmm. relationships will show. Mm -hmm. And as you continue to hone your craft in banking and in finance and business, as well as learning more about naturopathy, um, natu naturopathology, mm -hmm. um, if I said that right. Naturopathics or naturopathic. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Then you'll be able to hone those tools. And then once you find yourself in a position where that relationship suits itself to put you in a position where you need to show up, mm -hmm. you'll show up. Yeah. And then as long as you keep your eye on that prize, like you said, intentionally, you know, you want to be an entrepreneur, then I think you're right. You know, I think you're right how everything will come together for that good, for that purpose, and everything will align in its own time, you know, because yeah, it's not that. always our time. Yes. <laughs> receive all of that. Receive it. You are literally <laughs> doing it. So... I'm just curious if you had a last word for any one of, and, and I asked this question in another interview, but your, your story is just because you've had different transitions. I mean, like when we talk about life transitions, baby, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, two, two life transitions in one, yeah. um, successfully made them. You're a whole different woman than you were when you started learning about becoming a doctor. And so at any one of those points, if you think about the young Jaleesa, on her way to transition into a new city or whichever point in life you'd like to speak to her, mm -hmm. what would you say? Oh, my young self, I would tell her to be, you know, exactly who you are. I, I don't regret any aspect or, or part of my journey at all. You know, I would not change it. You know, I know that oftentimes we're, we're tempted to be like, oh, if I knew this, I knew that I would be here sooner. It's like, no. No, you arrived exactly when you were supposed to arrive. Mm -hmm. And life experiences, uh, it, it's rewarding. You know, when we figure out, you know, the choices that we make add to us, whether they're good or bad choices, you know, whether they're delayed choices or, or choices that cause the delay in our journey, it's a lesson that we had to learn to build self and, and arrive at, as the self that we were supposed to arrive as. And so, you know, talking to my younger self, I would just tell her, to constantly stay encouraged, maybe move a little faster, mm. just, just a little bit, you know, <laughs> like maybe, maybe if you, if you can just, you know, when you're recognizing those qualities in life, you know, you're making those choices, seize the moment every single time, but still stay true to who you are. And if I could speak to anyone else that kind of feel like their journey has been all over the place, it's like, it, it makes you who you are. Like, you know, we have to explore life and find ourselves, you know, whether that's, if you thought you wanted to be a doctor, it's okay. If you didn't, you know, become a doctor, it's all right because something else is out there for you. Keep exploring until you find it. And I think That's I think beautiful. I'm the best example of that. You know, I made my way in commercial lending, even though I had this burning desire within the health space. I knew it was going to arrive somewhere and I'm waiting for it to arrive. You know, and I'm seeing it manifest itself now in a different form in my life. So, you know, everything happened exactly the way it was supposed to, in my opinion. 
And I made every choice that I could that was right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, there you have it. <laughs> seize the moment. I think that's going to be the name of this episode because you at every step have seized the moment. You've taken the opportunity to just see what you were made of see and it. take the opportunity. <laughs> so with that, you guys have heard from the lovely Jaleesa Johnson. And if anything resonates with you from her career, Jaleesa, how can they contact you? How can they speak more <laughs> with you? Yes. Or how can they learn about your journey a little bit more? Well, um, I do have a platform on Instagram. Um, it's the Health Bay. That's my health platform, health and wellness. So especially, particularly that portion, if you want to know anything more about my juice cleanses or just my overall health consultations, look me up on Instagram, the Health Bay. Just is exactly how it is. B A E. So yes, and I'll put important. that in the um, the chat as well as on the video, so yeah. you guys can contact her. Yeah, and thank you so much. I'm sorry. Even about the professional, like you can still use that platform from a business lending perspective. I haven't created a a platform for my business professional self. LinkedIn, Jaleesa Johnson. There we go. Yeah, I do that have will one. be in the information as well. Yeah. Yes. So I want to thank you again. And if there's thank any you. other things, you guys, it will be in the chat. I mean, it will be in the description. And I'll put in as much information on this video as I can. I thank you for sharing your journey with us. My I have pleasure. learned a lot. And I'm sure the, the listeners have learned a lot as well. Absolutely.